Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's getting closer, y'all. The release of my book, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use, is going to hit stores October 22nd, but the pre-order is available now at smalldosesbook.com. Dot com. And the dope part is that you don't just have to buy it at Amazon, okay? I know some people were like, I don't want to support Amazon because you've canceled Amazon. And I get it. But we have given you a number of different booksellers that you can purchase from. So please make sure to choose the one that suits you best and get your pre-order book in your cart today. Why, Amanda? Because your girl's trying to be a New York Times bestseller, all right? Let's not even pretend what we're trying to do here, okay? We're trying to do that shit so I can continue to write books. <laughs> and that's just the bottom line. Also, all my folks who love Smart, Funny, and Black, we will be in Los Angeles at the Novo on September 14th, and Smart, Funny, and Black will be wrapping up our You Know the Vibonics tour on September 28th in Chicago. It's going down with our Black Spurt for the evening, Spice Adams. Yes, it's going to be hilarious because if you don't know who Spice Adams is, make sure you go on his Instagram and watch some videos because he is definitely going to light up the stage. You can get those tickets at smartfunnyandblack.com. Now let's do the show. It's so funky. <laughs> ambitious people who are good people keep good friends who are also ambitious. And it feels like there's always at least one person who's like, no, 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 I get it. And I got you. Hello and welcome back. This is The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. Each week I'm sitting down with a woman who I admire and we get into it about the things that really matter to us in the world today. Last week I talked to Padma Lakshmi at her Hamptons house about the joys of getting older and how to navigate raising kids through the lens of your own childhood trauma, which is not an easy one. This episode I talked to the other Amanda, the incredible Amanda Seals, about the downside of ambition and what to do when everybody around you says no, but you think yes. <laughs> We're at your house. This is so exciting. People, this is a special episode. It's a it's a special special because it's the two Amandas. It's he- we're here. We're sitting on your daybed <laughs> in the cooler room in your house because God knows it's like 90 degrees in your living room. People know that I am not only Californian, but I am Floridian and Grenadian. I'm okay. from hot climate. I am not. I'm from England where it rains 362 <laughs> days a year. So the original plan was that I was going to come to your house and I was going to do your podcast, Small Doses. You were going to do mine, The Conversation. And then we decided, why would we do two? Because we're, we're going to talk about something similar, knowing me and you. Yeah. We're going to just get into it. And so the subject that we came up with, which, which I, think I think is, is really, really appropriate, appropriate for you and I, I, the major overachievers that we are, um, which is the side effect of ambition. Um, 
condition. That the A word. The A word. <laughs> exactly. The Amanda word. Not, Not the, the A, A word you were thinking, thinking of. My ex used to call me Demanda. Mine too. <laughs> Mine still they still call me that. <laughs> they do. I don't have a problem with that actually. I, mean, I, I, I am. am. I am. I am. Yeah. I expect that of other people too. Let me tell you the text I had to send somebody today because it's really just what it is. And I feel like you will relate to this. And I said, listen, thank you for always understanding me and not making me feel crazy. There really is a method to what may look like madness. I know what it takes to do things right and just want to always do everything I can to have the best opportunity at achieving my potential. That is beautifully said. Now, what I am suspecting is that someone on the other side was uh, cutting corners, was not paying attention to detail, was not hearing the full (laughs) sentence that you were making a request in, probably, Mm -hmm. because I have that same problem too. Um, Now, if I send that text to someone, maybe it isn't received so well. I sent that to, that was um, Friendly Fire. So that was like, I sent not Friendly Fire, but I sent that to a warm space. So the person responded and said, we're the same person. You don't even have to say that to me because I know exactly what it is. And that's how we've gotten to where we're going. Because they're relating to me about the fact that someone who is talking to both of us is doing exactly what you're saying. Cutting corners and not listening. And you know what ends up happening is that if you're ambitious, you are always looking for the best outcome. Well, you also want to to operate at your ultimate best, right? Like you said. So, so the issue I have is that you can't surround yourself with everyone who has the same high achieving goals that you do. And as many people say to me, this is why I do what I do. And this is why you do what you do. It's why you're really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to own it and say, it's why I'm really good at what I do. Because I do have really high standards. And I do think the difference between good and great is the details. One, the dopeness is in the details. There you go. So if you are going to, if you're going to pretend that that isn't the truth, then you're going to have mediocre. And, and I, I just, just don't, don't want, want mediocre. mediocre. Unless that's all I was capable of. If I was capable of mediocre, okay, fine. But, but if you were capable of, me, if, if mediocre was your highest level of capability, that wouldn't be mediocre for you though. That would be, it. that would be your version of excellence. Okay. So, okay. Good point. But here's the other thing. This is what someone else said to me. They said, Amanda, you're a 280 watt light bulb and you're trying to plug into like 100 watts. You just short circuit everyone. And well, so, what are we supposed to do? Well, I don't know. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. This is what I love about you. Okay, let's just talk about how you and I met. Do it, do it, do okay, it. Okay, yes. all right. So, so Amanda and Amanda both got sent to an audition for some fucking awful daytime talk show situation. And it was like a cattle call, yes. right? Now, neither one of us was unknown people, but we were there in a room full of, I don't know, 25, 30 people. And they basically said, women, and they basically said, you'll have to stay here all day yep. to find out if um, you're going to get a chance to audition for this. And I was like, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> like, and by the way, I didn't even live here at the time. I know, so you were in I New York. I had come out here for this and was like, I didn't know I was coming out to LA for a cattle call. And we sat there across from each other and I, somehow we ended up venting to each other. About how this was wrong and how could they just keep us here all day. No, I remember what happened. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay, tell me. You were like making a ruckus. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had said to myself, I need to know more about this person. Because she beat me to the ruckus. 
<laughs> I'm probably one of the only few people that have done that you to you. You were really, you definitely beat me to the ruckus. You were white womaning in that moment and I'm gonna give it to you. You were definitely like, this is not okay. What's going on? And you were up and you were talking in loud hushed tones, which is one of my favorite, <laughs> which is one of my favorite methods of talking. Loud hushed tones, which is I'm really wanting to yell, but I can't. So I'm gonna give you respect of a fake whisper, but everyone's gonna know what I'm saying. And you were like, I really don't have time to be here. <laughs> and this is not organized. And I'm not gonna even do a fake British accent because it's not solid. But you made it very clear to them and everyone in the room that you were Amanda to fucking Cadenet. And you didn't sign up for this shit. And if they had any idea about, if they didn't, if, if, if they had no idea who you were, they learned that day that you were not the one. Not today, not the one. They had you fucked up. They did. And I literally was like, oh, what's going on over there? <laughs> You've got her fucked up. See, this is why this is why I don't have an agent and no one will represent me. Because oh my God, welcome to my world. I just fired all my agents. You did? Wow. Okay, so you see, we are living parallel But I have lives. a new manager whom I'm getting into the mix with. Okay. But to be honest, I have great anxiety about because of exactly what you're about to say, which is just like, are you going to be on some bullshit too? Are you going to fuck me up too? Like every other person who's gone before me on this. Yes. What I will say about being ambitious, I've noticed, is that as many times as we'll have people who like don't want to deal with it or, you know, we'll try and throw it in our faces as something that's a problem. Ambitious people who are good people keep good friends who are also ambitious. And it feels like there's always at least one person who's like, no, 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 I get it. And I got you. You're right. Because and, we show up. And thank God for those people because the voices of the people who question your sanity, your integrity, your validity, your talent because you raise these issues, they are, there are more of them than there are people who are like, no, no you're, you're right. right. You should not let that go out the door because that is not how it should be. That is not your best work. You are capable of more. No, you should not let that happen. For every one person who is that awesome friend who's like, no, I see what's going on. There's 20 to 30 of them who are like, you're a problem. So how do you maintain your self-esteem? How do you maintain your sense of self when the voices of those who are critical are so much louder? I'm curious how you do that. Because I've really made it my business to curate my circle um, and keep people around me who do have the same ambition. And it's like taken a lot of effort to do so because like you said, like the numbers don't necessarily add up. And listen, the other thing I want to say is that people have different types of ambition and their ambition plays out in different ways too, right? So like, I mean, I have people who are very ambitious in a different way than me. People who are very greedy, right? People who are shady. Well, ambition, right? if it's unchecked, can tip into, like you said, being greedy or, you know, uh, insensitive. Well, there's a lot yes. of downs. There, there is ambition, unhealthy ambition yes. is very damaging. And it can come out into a toxic way. And then you'll be getting advice from people that you would never take, right? Because it's like, nah, I'm not, I am not rock like that. Like, right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that route. So I've had to be very clear too about like how my ambition manifests 
manifests in different ways than other people, right? Because for instance, like, so I would say that like the previous manager I had, like they were also very ambitious. And so I felt like that's where we connected connect and we could see eye to eye. You but mean they I, were actually going to make some phone calls on your behalf, not just wait for the phone to ring? Well, that is what I understood to happen. Oh, you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I realized though later that their ambition is really just about getting over. You know, right. and they are trying to, they're just trying to figure out how they can get the most out of doing the least. And mm. I don't operate that way. You know, no, like I even a, had to that's tell a, a very common affliction to have though. Especially in LA though. Yeah. So that is a beautiful point to make, which is that people's intentions are different. Yeah. And I think aligning intentions with people is crucial. Why are you doing something? You know? <laughs> Why are you doing something? That right there, like, why, like, why, why are you, like, trying? Like, why are, I remember having an agent say to me, so, so you want to work? Yes! Like, I mean, crazy, right? And I was like, is that not, is that a trick question? What we're doing? And they were literally like, huh. Yeah, I know. And they had, I watched them have to recalibrate because they were like, that's a new concept. Yeah, I don't understand really. I feel like the 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 infrastructure of Hollywood um, to support creatives is extremely broken. Um, this is an old system. The agent system doesn't work anymore because there are creatives like me and you and many of the people we know who are like, actually, I'm the person with the talent, and therefore. I should be valued. I value myself. I value what I put out in the world. And for you to be on my team, I need you to have an active role. Is this role something that you can agree to? And this is what I need you to do. The majority of the time, people are not able to do it because they're used to an old system, which is, oh, we don't, we don't go out and try to hustle for you. No, we just, we just sit there and cash checks on what you go generate. And guess what? I'm done with that. I am done with that too. Well, here's the other thing. I also think that people who have this type of mindset need to get together and say, okay, you have that mindset. I have that mindset. How do I help what you do? How do you help what I do? How do we make an organization that is a new system that supports each and every one of us? Hmm. Right? Yes. Because... The truth is when people talk about like women supporting women and all that shit, most of those women don't actually really support women. They just pay lip service to it. We all know who are the people who when you got some shit coming out or you need help with something that are people like, yep, Yep, I I got got you. you. I'll do whatever the hell I can for you. I'm on a show full of women and none of them even promoted my special. Well, there you go. That that (laughs) is sad for me. That's sad to hear. And by the way, I raised money for Girl Gaze for my company. I raised $3.5 million. The first people who put money in all men. Damn. For the record, I didn't know about it. No, but I wouldn't even have come to you for this because my point is that my friends didn't get to invest, but I, I went to, this was bigger checks, right? Yes, the, yes, the, yes. Okay. So, um, you know, so, and, and in fact, I did have a woman who has a family fund who invested, but it broke my heart that I went and sat with so many female investors who and all they, have these female-focused funds. Got you. Got and they you. told me, well, you know, you're not really what we're looking for. I said, what are you looking for? I was like, I'm female and, and you're, you're have- And you're focused. Hello. It broke my heart. But I think the, the thing is, is that when you say like you've curated your life, I think there's another stage of curation that is about aligning ambition. And 
we're all supporting each other anyway. If you're going to make a TV show and you need whatever the fuck you need, you need a DP, an editor, you need cast, you need promotion, you need someone to write your music. I don't care what it is. You could come to me for any of that. I'd be like, right, let me think how I can help you. There are those people in life that you're like, yes, that one's got me. Those are all the people who I think we have to think of the next, what's the level up of supporting Mm -hmm. one another? No, that's really true. And that goes back to like, that is what ambition is. Always thinking of what's the level up. What's the next set of trees to fly over, you know? And, And I know that there's listeners who are listening to us like, well, it's all well and good for y'all broads to sit here and talk about all this shit because you've gotten to where you are. But like, how do I apply my ambition from the bottom to get to wit- to, the- to get to that point? And I'll tell you, Amanda. <laughs> yes, Amanda. Just, um, she just gave you a pro tip, which is like minds. Yes. The biggest advice I can give anybody who's listening, who's like, I want to get into a particular field and how do I break in? Find the other people who are in the same mind frame and who are actively finding ways to break in. And for me, like every single day, it is a constant recommitment <laughs> to to the hustle, goal, yeah. right? And I mean, what you just said about like, like-minded people, people DM me, I'm sure they do for a million, tons of people do this for you too. You know, they email me, they get hold of me somehow. When someone has something awesome to say or they send me something that's fucking good, I pay attention. I'm like, oh yes. shit, this girl's got a good idea. She's got a great eye. You, wow, that short film you made, that's fucking great. And I get back to people. I put them in touch with someone. I do my best. I pay attention because I wish that someone had paid attention to my creativity mm-hmm. when I was trying to struggle and come up and people didn't. They just, you know, I was too much. Well, that's always, you know, to me, like the too much... The too much is part of being ambitious. It's part of having a point of view. You know, like I think ambition, you know, there's a quote from, is it Shakespeare? Is it, is it Julius Caesar or is it? Um, William Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare for sure. Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> Billy Shaxx. <laughs> but I can't remember if it's Julius Caesar or if it's Mac- McBee, but it's ambition should be made of sterner stuff. Mm. Because a lot of people also claim to have ambition. But if the going gets tough. Which it does every day. <laughs> that's okay. why like when you're talking about recommitment, I'm like, there's so many people that, uh, that aspire, but they don't have the actual commitment to getting to the other side of that. You know, and uh, well, this is from Shakespeare and uh, Lady McBee says, you know, screw your courage to the sticking place and we will not lose. And that's the thing. It's like you can, ambition doesn't exist just with desire. Well, neither does courage, right? So you talk, you just gave that beautiful quote. And for me, courage, you know, at least once a day, I have to connect to courage. And I don't know about you, but there are days and sometimes weeks where I think, oh man, maybe I've hit the the max. Maybe I'm maxed out on a... I just took a three-week vacation. I know you did. You know, I just want to say... You and I texted in that vacation (laughs) and I was so happy to hear that you had given that to yourself. I was so impressed. Do you feel like it filled you in a way that you needed? Yes. Yes, because I have spent, I mean, first of all, I spent the last 38 years just like going and particularly the last 10 months really just 
focused on, I was like, okay, I got a special. I got to like perfect the special. I got to get the special. Then you got to put out the special. Then you got to tour the special. Then, you know, once the special comes out, now all these other opportunities are like arising. So now you got to like, re, you got to, you you raise the bar, bitch. So you better, right. you better step totally. up to the I bar. Totally, I better be ready for it. So now you got to do that. Then it's like, okay. Then there's like a whole fame aspect that comes along with that, that like you, you're not really sure how to deal with until it's in your face. So you got to manage that. Then I had to go on tour with Smart Funny and Black, which is on a bus tour. So I never had a chance. With, with your cat. With my cat, with Huri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I never got a chance to even like integrate, internalize, like even deal with the inertia mm. of like what I had accomplished in terms of my oh, goals. Well, that's a big one. That's a really big one. And being like, able to uh, allow allow that feeling. What does that feel like to have to have achieved some huge goals? Yes. And then going from that, because we ambitious, ambitious right? right? Going from that to then saying like, what do you want to do next? And not putting that in a immediate... So my natural instinct is to be like, what are we doing now? Yeah. What are we doing now? Yeah. And I know this might be like semantics to say now, now versus, versus next. next. But literally I had to just get out of the now and be like, okay, don't think about like now. What would you like to aspire towards next? And that really is the creativity part of it. And I hadn't gotten a chance to really develop my creativity until these last three weeks into a new space. I can feel myself stepping into the genius box. I know exactly what you're talking about because for me, the magic of creativity happens in those moments in between. Yes. Where your mind is not filled with the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, right? And so when you get so busy, which is one of the things that happens when ambition works, um, those moments in between get shorter and shorter and shorter. (laughs) And so I understand what you're talking about when you said, no, not what do I want to do now? What do I want to do next? Because freeing your brain up from what it wants to do now is meaning that you're letting go of attaching your brain to anything and you're creating the space for the magic to come in, which is, in my opinion, the creativity. Ooh, creating the space for the magic to come in. That's that's what those three weeks were. And I never got the chance to do that. And I felt really, I felt really fortunate mm-hmm. to even be able to have the luxury of that because there was a and when I say luxury, I don't just mean like the luxury of not having to worry about money for that time frame, but I also mean the luxury of not having to worry about my mental status. Because there was once upon a time where three weeks of no three weeks of not knowing what's next would have driven Done me you. Yeah. into depression. Yeah. Like it would have really made me unstable. It would have made me just on edge. Like it just would have done me in. And I feel like there was a time not that long ago where that, like I had to tell my, I remember telling my agent and my manager, like, listen, don't give me no downtime. You know, what do they say? Like the I, I, idle mind is a devil's playground. Yeah, like, it's not healthy for you. No, yeah. and and now I'm like, Downton Abbey. Give me downtime. But because you're in a different place, right? Yeah. You're in a different place. The downtime is... But isn't that amazing how at different stages of life we need different things and we know what we are ready to handle. You were not ready to handle three weeks of downtime, however long ago that was. But now you're like, no, I need this. This is... The downtime is what I need. And it's also being observant enough and knowing yourself well enough to know what is nurturing for you Mm -hmm. and what is damaging for you. We talked about this a little bit earlier in that the more you get to know yourself, the more you know, oh, 
like like for me, I can't go to Disneyland or, or like amusement parks because I get very overwhelmed with a lot of people and a lot of noises. It just, it, it dysregulates me. I'm a really sensitive person. Yes. And I'm very intuitive. And so I... I can't be around tons of people with, it feels very chaotic to me. I know that sounds weird. No, it doesn't. It's actually, it's very normal. So I know this about myself, so I don't go. My kids will be like, yeah, our mom never comes to, (laughs) I went, I I got as far as the parking lot in Disneyland one time and I was like, I'm I'm out, guys, guys, I'm I'm out. out. I'll see you guys later. I'm Ubering home, take the car. (laughs) I couldn't do it. But that's like fair for you to know about your anxieties, you know, and like the things that make you anxious. I mean, I think that in terms of like even being able to be an ambitious person who wants things, knowing that about yourself and knowing these triggers and knowing these specificities is key because those are the details of you. So just like we've talked about, like yeah. knowing the dopeness of the deep, the dopeness is in the details of the project and the work you're doing. I got to know the details of me. And these days, like the people around me have even started being very helpful at saying like, okay, let's not have Amanda, like Amanda, you this is the schematics of this particular job or this particular opportunity. We don't think this will actually be good for you because knowing Knowing you, this shit right here is going to trigger you. Right. Okay, so let me ask you another question. What do you do when you are stuck in a work situation with someone and it is something that you want to be a part of, but they consistently don't do what they're supposed to do as far as their job goes and their role on it goes. And you are consistently saying, hey, because you know, the first few times I can just about be civil about it. Yes. By the fourth or fifth time, I want to be like, listen, you motherfucker, what the fuck is going on? And I have a really hard time past the fourth or fifth time. I... You don't know you what start, to do. You're not polite anymore. Right. And then it's... Then and it's, then it's, oh, you're the worst and yes. you're rude and you're rude and you're difficult and your tone of voice and the whole yes. thing, right? Okay. That's, you know, the Amanda. <laughs> the Amanda situation here. What do you do? So I've really been trying to work on that in every area of my life. <laughs> like, and then, you know, like I had someone tell me recently, like, you, know, you have a reputation age. of being difficult. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm sure I do too. My therapist said to me, she was like, you know why people feel like you're being condescending? She's like, because you are being condescending and I'm going to tell you why. And I was like, okay, why? She was like, because you can't hit them. And she was like, and you want to hit them because you feel like what they're doing is like betrayal. It feels like they're literally trying to hurt you. And here's the other (laughs) thing. That they... Them letting down the side is affecting and may actually prohibit you succeeding. Yes. And, and that's why there's the rage. And that's the it's rage. It's like, do not get in my fucking way, bitch. Literally. I know. And she was like, so that's where it comes from. It comes from you having enough sanity to know that you can't physically harm them, but this is this but con- if you could you would but if you could you would and since you can't the condescension is really you trying to restrain you're trying, trying to restrain outrage. the outrage which ends up feeling like I'm talking down to you because if I could I'd be over you snuffing you in the face yeah I know <laughs> like, no I know which, which honestly I'm not saying even that sane but it's just you care so much about your shit I know that you will protect it like it's your baby I know mama bear shit so I hear you And none of this stuff is easy, but it all ends up being the constant work of like how to be a better leader. 
Because if you're ambitious, you're going to end up having to lead. But okay, so here's the other thing about being a leader. I don't feel like I want to give myself the responsibility of being a leader. Well, it's too late. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing. I feel like I'm always trying to learn and better myself. And I come from the position of all I have to share with anyone is my life experience, is my perspective, is what I put out in the world that I hope is helpful and engaging and sometimes entertaining and all the things that I hope, whatever it is I make, my TV shows, my books, whatever it is you know, that I put out in the world. But I still try to keep in the position of like, listen, listen I don't have this sorted. Because I don't. Do you feel like that's what being a leader is, that you have it sorted? Um, I feel like people look to you for decision-making and for answers. And I have some of them. Mm-hmm. I can make I, make, I make tons of decisions all day and I have a lot of answers, but there's a lot I don't have. And so I know many people who are leaders who, who feel like they have to publicly present a more together... Um, Which is bullshit, by the way. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Like... I don't have this shit sorted. I got I got some answers which I can share with you. Maybe you'll find them helpful, but I still always want to be in the position of like, but what can I learn from you? Yeah, but I think that's a way of leading too. The last dose. Before we go, tell me one more thing. How do you keep your ambition from driving you crazy? Um, some days it does. Um, it, it drives me crazy when I feel like I can't, I can't service it. When I'm right. not, when it's not, it's like, it's like a, it's, it is like a kind of wild dog or like a wild horse or something. I have so many ideas and I, I, I'm constantly coming up with ideas for things. And so when I can't, when it can't express itself and it doesn't have an outlet is when it's dangerous for me. Yeah. And so even if some days it feels like I'm not making progress, I've trained myself to go, that's okay. Because look at big picture, mm-hmm. you are making progress. And generally my fear about my ambition not being allowed to thrive and my creativity not being met at its fullest is what drives me crazy. So it's fear, really, that fucking fear kills it, uh, and 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 drives me crazy. So I have to talk myself through this process that yeah. I just did with you. Well, I'm glad that we got to have this conversation. And the side effects of ambition are, like we've talked about, craziness and conflict, <laughs> but also fulfillment. And also really like being able to share and fulfill it for other people. Because I think that we all have different ambitions. So that's why it's so valuable to sit and just have these kinds of interactions, which I know I don't make enough time for because I'm too busy being (laughs) ambitious. But I really value the opportunity to come and sit with you in your house, look at all your DVDs, (laughs) look at all of your amazing... Accoutrement. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and chat with you because this is this is the stuff that fills my heart, you know. And so thank you so much. Thank you. The Conversation with Amanda Decadenay is a Spotify original podcast executive produced by me, Amanda Decadenay. 
From Spotify, our executive producers are Natalie Tuller and Erica Clark. Our production partner is Neon Hum, which includes the team of Jonathan Hirsch, Catherine St. Louis, Joanna Clay, and Marissa Schneiderman. And while I've got your attention, please listen to all episodes of The Conversation with Amanda Ducadene on Spotify for free. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.